0: You guys should see my hairdo this week. Oh, my God. It's you pretty guys, fucking sweet now. You
1: are missing out. <laughs> what you thought was the best haircut Seth has ever had has been one-upped this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a shame that the world will never get to see it. <laughs> Not on video this week, of course. Back in our usual format. Uh, of course, you're hearing the voice of Raisin Balls. I'm joined, <laughs> as always, by Seth Otten. I still
0: forget every every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode 53 of the 53 so-co show we are into uh year two now of the show uh or season two i don't know maybe i guess season two season two of the soco show sure starting today uh you may have noticed some new uh artwork around the show yeah I want to give a quick shout out to our good friend stephanie mathis um she is a she, she
0: doesn't like being called stephanie
1: <laughs> sorry well okay fine <laughs> steph mathis that's her name is stephanie fine whatever we love you steph um steph mathis is a graphic designer out of des moines iowa and a good friend of the show and of course of uh seth and me raisin balls as well so uh we just want to shout her out thank you uh steph for the cool new artwork and thumbnails and all the all the stuff that you did um so poke around The um, podcast page. And of course, check out the YouTube channel at Jared Buckendall where you can see uh, all the updated look. And uh, if you if you like what you see, um, we're going to link also in the description box to Steph's Etsy page Mm -hmm. um, where she does some uh, freelance design work. So you can check her out. Um, She does a lot of really great work. And uh, really, you should uh, you should go check her out and pay her lots of money to do graphic design things for you because she does a good job. So uh, Steph, we love you. Thank you. your hey, billions. Uh, let's uh, let's let's get the show rolling. Uh, Seth, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm told that you have you have something to start the show with.
0: I love bringing up weird YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: do you want to set this clip up that you brought do. to
0: me? So, of course, we're from Iowa, as most people know, and for for the two listeners we have outside of Iowa, and uh, Iowa doesn't make the news very often. <laughs> and you know we're pretty boring we're a flyover state no one really comes here you know whatever
1: there are flies all over our state
0: yeah that's fucking true and uh so <laughs> one one thing kind of went viral this week or le- maybe late last week uh, about a ta- town hall meeting uh, i won't reveal what the town hall meeting was for uh you will hear that in the video but uh this woman kind of uh decided that she wanted to go on a bit of a tirade so uh, without further ado a woman from Davenport, Iowa at the local town hall meeting.
1: All right. I haven't seen this, so this is for my first time. So here we go. We're going to link to this below if you want to watch yourselves, guys. But uh, a, I'm going to play it. You'll hear the audio here. But if you want the video, check out the link below. Here we go.
0: It's a bit lengthy, but it, it's worth it.
1: That's what she said. <laughs> this woman looks hilarious. Are you Hello.
2: My name is Lisa Ann Whitmer Wagman. I just moved here because I'm getting a divorce. And it's not final till September 18th. My husband will not give me any money. Not one penny. The lawyer won't help me. My husband won't help me. My dad, Marlon Lee Whitmer, he's a minister, won't help me. She's putting everybody on blast. <laughs> My stepmother won't help me. This is sad. My mother passed away funny? seven years ago. And my dad and Annie Hockhausen, they wrote at very French that they both are my parents. Annie is my stepmom. I'm not uh-huh. quite sure why I'm here or what I'm doing. <laughs> what? But there's a reason. My lawyer is Justin Title.
1: Oh, God, name drop. I don't oh, know fuck, if lady. you've ever heard of him. Is she waiting for us to say what?
2: I'm moving down to Texas uh, oh. soon to help the children in Texas. <laughs> I'm a very loving parent. Very, very, very loving parent. I have a 20-year-old daughter. She's going to college at St. Ambrose this fall. She's in Muscatine oh, College right now. Her name's Brianna Elizabeth. She think she's on Facebook? And... <laughs> She is not helping me because she's oh, 20, no she's scared, she doesn't want her parents to separate <laughs> or divorce. Ma'am, we're discussing the rezoning for the Portillo's. Do you have any comments on that? <laughs> What? We're discussing the rezoning on 53rd for... Well, I live on 63rd. <laughs> Again, we're here to hear comments about the rezoning. Well, I don't like Facebook. And I don't like look, look at, the look internet. At, because look at the I guy. can't find a look job. Look at the guy,
0: the old white guy. The
2: library blocked my password. Now tell me, does that make any sense to guy you? In the
1: background is dying.
2: <laughs> Ma'am. We're not here to discuss your personal life. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have any comments about the rezoning? No, sir. Have Thank a good you. day. Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? That
1: was the... Lo- oh, this guy... Okay, this guy needs to talk, but... That was the longest setup. But it was, to me, worth it. To oh, me, yeah. that was worth the punchline. Because, I loved holy it. Because holy shit. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that's my two favorite things about. So the first is oh. that it gets to man. We're here to talk about Portillo's.
1: <laughs> Portillo's, if you don't know, is a hot dog restaurant out of Chicago that's moving into Iowa. So that's what they're talking about in this town hall meeting.
0: And then the other is the old man in the back who is losing his shit. <laughs> he is uh, just he is his mouth is covered and he's rocking back and forth. Oh man!
1: I gotta tell you, man. I. I seriously doubted you uh, for a long time.
0: Well, yeah, because the first minute and a half, it's like, oh. She's and then she starts getting weirder and, and weirder. And sad
1: for her. And then this guy is just like, bitch, that ain't what we're talking about right now.
0: <laughs> we're here to talk about hot dogs.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, next time someone is saying something, like, too personal to me, I'm like, look, lady, we're here to talk about portillos." Right? Oh, oh, my God. Um, wow. Well, I... Whew. That was something, uh, and and now I'm kind of weirdly glad that, uh, that that was the clip that he brought. Oh, my God. Um, did we already end- I'm so thrown off now. I laughed too hard. Uh, episode 53.
0: Yeah, uh, we, yeah we did that. all that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah.
1: Jesus. Uh, Cody, we-
0: we're here to talk about hot dogs.
1: That's not my name.
0: Oh, Raisin Ball, sorry. Thank
1: you very much. Now that we got that shit sorted out, let's get into the show. We're going to start, as always, by hearing from either the Iron Sheik... Or Gary Busey.
0: What about the Iron Busey? The iron. Or Gary Sheik.
1: Ooh, I like Gary Sheik. That sounds like his fashion line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who are we hearing from this week?
3: I call you a punk.
0: So this week I had two. I just couldn't pick. But both, <laughs> both are about Iron Sheik's favorite singers.
3: Oh. So, we know about <gasps> one of
0: them. We know about back? one of them. Oh, yeah. But here's a new one. I didn't know he enjoyed this band. Greatest day ever, Bubba. Hashtag Backstreet Boys on GMA.
1: <laughs> the is a big BSB fan, huh? He is. Who else and, does he like?
0: And then, well, finally, we know. Oh, I know. Happy birthday to the greatest singer on earth, the Rob Thomas. The Forever, Rob you are the Frank Sinatra and Iron Sheet class.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday, Rob Thomas. When was his birthday?
0: Uh, looks like this was on July 11th. All
1: right. Well, happy belated birthday to Rob Thomas. Um, that's so weird that the Iron Sheik loves him so much. Also, if he's the greatest singer of all time, why is he comparing him to Frank Sinatra? You know what I mean? That's true. Be like You're as good as Frank Sinatra, best singer ever. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. I mean, I love Sinatra probably more like, than I love Rob Thomas.
3: That'd
0: be like saying you're the, you're the Michael Jordan of basketball. Like yeah. LeBron, LeBron James, James is, is the, the Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan of basketball. <laughs> uh,
1: which everyone knows he's better. Don't fucking at me.
0: That's that's it. That's it.
1: That's it. Sorry, I got really hot there for a second. Uh, Rob Thomas and the Backstreet Boys. Interesting music taste this week from the Iron Cheek. I call you a punk. If you like books, and who doesn't, then you're probably going to like listening to them. Uh, If you do like listening to (laughs) books, there's a lot of qualifying questions. Do you like books? Do you like listening to them? Do you like streaming them on your phone? Uh, do you like streaming them on the on your phone in the most convenient and easiest way possible? Well,
0: you don't have to stream them. You can download them.
1: Do you like getting shit for no money? Well, if you answered yes to uh, all those questions, then you should go to audibletrial.com SoCo. Uh, we, uh, of course, have a relationship with Audible where you can go to our link and get your first 30 days of Audible plus your first book for free. <laughs> Which, uh, there is no better deal than that. Uh, everybody likes to get their shit for no money. So, uh, again, if you want to go listen to some sweet books, there are millions and millions available. I would say that their audio book library is huge.
0: Library? It's the biggest. It's they have, bigger. They have it's the best so library, impressive.
1: huh? So great. Library. <laughs> the library's huge. How am I doing with that? Is that, should I keep, should I keep trying or? No. No, I should give up on, on yeah. Donnie T as an, okay. I'm going to give up on Donnie T. Like but we what, all are. Well, we should, yeah, ugh, yeah uh what we what no one should give up on
0: politics corner
1: yeah politics corner we're gonna add a politics part to the show this week no that's yeah. not true um but what is true and what you should not give up on is com slash soco hit the link in the description box again it's 30 days and your first book for free, free!
0: um i do know that my next audiobook i definitely want read by uh Laurie Ann Dittmer or whatever the fuck her name is <laughs> is
1: that the lady from i don't know from, what her name Pontellos? is yeah <laughs> It would take her 24 hours to get you through My
0: it. My lawyer is Justin Title.
1: <laughs> Forward by... Yeah, that would that would be infuriating. Um, are we playing games this week?
0: I don't know, are we? Yeah, we are.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, because I, I didn't
3: <laughs> For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things. Fucking and... Cock-flavored uh, lollipop.
1: Yeah, sex. <laughs> I'm assuming the game you wanted to play is Riptorn Torn or Dirty Porn.
0: Oh, no. I was going to play uh, Hopscotch and hand jobs. That's what I wanted to play.
1: Okay, that's a fun game. I'm good at one of those things.
0: <laughs> Guess which one?
1: Well, we'll leave it up to you to decide. Hit us up on Twitter, at Soko Show Pod. <laughs> no, direct
0: mean? that one straight to @cody, <laughs> underscore no, Cody no, and Michael. No,
1: don't want it. At uh, Soko Show Pod, Seth will filter through uh, the responses. What do you think I'm better at, hand jobs or Hopscotch?
0: i definitely bet Hopscotch.
1: Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of things I'm good at... Uh, rip torn movies. What do we got? Uh, or dirty porn movies? Or potentially dirty porn. Um, what? Uh, what's the subject of the game this week?
0: Rip torn or dirty porn. That's the subject. The either a character from a rip torn film or a male porn star.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ryan Driller.
1: <laughs> that, I'm not even going to think about it. that's porn. Yeah, it's porn. That's porn. <laughs> <That's> porn. <laughs>
0: i just wanted to get to that one Ryan Driller. Um, my that's other favorite good. though i was i was cackling upstairs or downstairs while i was looking it up um going through these list of porn stars is there's a porn star just named small hands that's <laughs> that's his name
1: small hands
0: um but yeah of course uh my favorite part of picking porn star here is that i get to go through their oh, Jesus. their famous titles uh, of course uh the they their starring roles so taking the name Ryan Driller.
1: Ryan Driller. That's Ryan
0: crazy. Driller. I
1: should have. I, never mind. What? I should have made you repeat it, like I always do. But <laughs> that one was too good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ryan Driller starred in Slut Hotel Part Four. Oh. Pole skills and holes filled.
1: That's a tough. That's like a uh, tongue twister a bit. Yeah. I bet sometimes get twisted in that. Pole one.
0: skills and holes filled. And finally, probably one of your favorites, just because of the pun: Jim Asticks.
1: Yeah, that's pretty great. That's some snappy wordplay. Yeah. What do you think they do in gymnastics?
0: Uh, probably some hand
3: hand jobs and hopscotch.
1: Probably hand jobs and hopscotch. That's of course Ryan Driller. The game is ripped, torn, or dirty porn.
3: For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things: fucking and cock flavored lollipop. Uh. Yeah, sex.
1: A lot of a lot of goofiness so far in the show. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, let's jump into the news. We're going to start this week with video games.
0: Video games. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Uh, yeah. Video game news brought to you by John Cena's jockstrap.
1: Dun, 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 dun. That's a, no sponsor this week. <laughs> <for video>
0: game <laughs> games. That's true. Uh, so yeah, video game news, nothing real big, no like new video game news, but kind of off of a tangent of that. Uh we got an uncharted fan film this week.
1: Yes we did. So yes,
0: we did. I was very excited. Um something I kinda saw tweeted by Nathan Fillion, who starred in this this fan film. He tweeted like I think Friday a picture of some maps and stuff that looked very uncharted like and said seven sixteen eighteen. So
1: can there be a map of a place that's uncharted? Isn't that kind of the idea? Isn't that an oxymoron?
0: I guess so. But it looked like a lot lot like Nathan Drake's desk. And I think there was also something else that he tweeted kind of related to Nathan Drake. People for years have been clamoring for him to play Nathan Drake in the movie. Uh, Of course, he's not a huge movie star, so I doubt he'll ever get the chance to actually do it. But we got the next best thing in this fan film. Uh, I had a chance to check it out. Did you end up checking it out? I
1: did. Yeah, I did watch this.
0: Well, let me get your thoughts. You know what I think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's about 15 minutes long. It's definitely worth a look. Um, we'll, we'll link to it down below so you guys can check it out for yourselves. Um, I do like this. Um, I'm not a huge Uncharted fan, but I'm aware enough of the character. And I think
3: mm-hmm.
1: Nathan Fillion, he's, I mean, he's been the dream casting for this for a long time. And I think he's well suited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there's some snappy wordplay here and there. Uh, definitely kind of uh, tossing some shit at the bad guys, even though they have the upper hand. Yep. Um, very entertaining. I, there was one really cool shot um, when he kind of has to flip into action mode mm-hmm. that there was some, a very cool <laughs> trick with the camera that made it look very similar to the game. Did you, yep. notice, you know what I'm talking yep, about? Yeah, I saw that too. I thought that was very cool, um, and I really enjoy when they do stuff like that. Very subtle. Probably you wouldn't notice it unless you've played the game, but right. um, a very cool thing. Um, I, I did like the actor. I, I don't know his name, uh, who played Sully in this. Yeah. He was, He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in some things. He was in that movie, um, Don't Breathe,
0: mm. where he was Oh the yeah, guy. that was him.
1: And, uh, he's fucking terrifying in that. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, uh, it's nothing that you're going to freak out and piss your pants over, I don't think, but it's a very cool, I think a proof of concept almost Mm -hmm. that um, this, this could be something if Mm -hmm. they, if they go to do this now, um, you know, clearly the budget isn't super there. There's no huge action scenes. So you're missing kind of some of that uncharted feel, but I definitely think that the big takeaway is Nathan Fillion should probably play this guy.
0: Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting because, yeah, that, the uh, the Tom Holland one is still in the works officially mm-hmm. at Sony with him playing a younger Drake. Mm-hmm. And I think, God, it's, it's so hard because, yeah, I did like Nathan Fillion a lot. I mean, the, they really captured a lot of the essence of the game,
3: yep.
0: which I I enjoyed. Um, I, and I, I I was sitting there thinking, like, this could be a really cool movie, especially if they, you know, did the Uncharted thing and they eventually threw in, like, a, you know, the big action set piece mm-hmm. like the games have. Uh it's it, I don't know though it's I I I could but I couldn't see him carrying a whole movie you know and like you said I think it is more of a kind of what could be you know oh, that being said though I'm kind of excited I, I am actually kind of excited to see what Tom Holland could do as a young Drake and then eventually lead into that maybe oh, yeah. you know maybe they could even do like a flashback or flash forward thing with Nathan Fillion just kind of as a quick Drake you know scene in there oh, yeah. I don't know there there's a lot of cool stuff they could do but I do think that. This could show Sony like, hey, we need to get this actually going because they've been dragging their feet on it for a long time, and mm-hmm. it could make a really, really good movie, a really cool action because it is a movie already, you know. And especially if they threw in some of the storylines, uh, like they, like if they did the Uncharted two movie, perfect. That's that is yeah. easily still to this day. It's been ten years since that came out. It's still the best story I've ever played in a video game to date. Better than a lot of movies that I've seen. So. <laughs> uh it they could definitely do a real real cool stuff and make a lot of money with some like they could make uncharted the next action franchise you know honestly yeah. they could make that into a a, a huge movie franchise uh, along the lines of a i i could see a mission impossible even cuz drake has got that same he's got he's different than than Ethan Hunt but he's got he's very charismatic mm-hmm. and the story is built around the characters and their their relationships with each other and then you add in huge sweet action Action pieces. Yep. Uh, you add in some cool mythical stuff here and there. Maybe tone it down just a little bit, but honestly, you could. There could be a huge franchise off Uncharted, and there's a lot of money to be made.
1: You know, you said something there that that caught my attention. Of course, and that was Mission Impossible. And as I think about it, I, I, I don't think you're very far off. Mm-hmm. I think that what I what I can think of about from the Uncharted movies, just like you said, high level charisma and sex mm-hmm. appeal from the main. Um, big action set pieces and those have already been designed yeah they're already in the games just copy them yep you know um, and, and yeah I could definitely see this fleshing out I think Sony should really pay attention to it and mm-hmm. should really make the they're what it the budget starving for to a be. huge
0: franchise yeah and they this really are could
1: potentially be it and and I don't think that the um, Tom Holland one would look very much at all like the, what we saw from the Nathan Fillion one but um, I think what I hope they see is a very high view count. On that fan video, uh, which would which would illustrate the interest in this, right? Um, so that they really kind of start getting this off the ground. Now, Tom Holland's kind of busy right now, so yeah. it may take a little bit of time to really get that out. But I am very interested for for a game that I haven't played mm-hmm. really. I, I just touched it barely, but um, very excited. I could I could see this being being pretty legit. I, mm-hmm. I definitely do. So we will keep an eye on the development of the Uncharted movie, um, but of course, like we said uh, a bit ago, check out the description box for that uh, fan film starring Nathan Fillion. I, I think I think most of you guys will dig it, um, so make sure and go check that out for yourselves. Let us know what you think, hit us up on Twitter, and uh, let us know if you're fans or if you're excited for this Tom Holland movie or if you'd prefer to have Nathan Fillion. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts, so uh, hit it up, uh, well, check it out, and then hit us up. Uh, but for now, we got to go on to sports.
0: Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. Kaboom!
1: I think the big news in the world this last week as it re- re- relates to sports was that France won the World Cup.
0: Oh yeah, they did. Yep. Is that it? Anything else? I do have one thing. Um, now, this is in the world that we, I think, talk about the most, uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, of course, entering, getting closer and closer to training camps. I think they start in August. Um Getting closer and closer to to actually some some preseason football here soon too, and so now of course we're getting closer to contracts mm-hmm. and some yep. holdouts from contracts and the big one that came out this week. So this this season apparently is going to be one of the biggest holdout seasons in a while, um, from from early word. But uh, Le'Veon ha- Le'Veon Bell from the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Steelers they uh, Le'Veon has uh, announced that. He's not come to a deal with the Steelers uh for the like third straight season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh of course he's franchise tagged. And uh he he has stated now that he the 2018 will likely be his last season with the Steelers. Um well, well, it remains to be seen if he'll be tagged again or whatever the case may be. Um but uh he is he has once again turned down their offer. Now the the reported offer offer was uh, so last year was 13.5 million. This year is like 15 million mm-hmm. per year, guaranteed, and that's a lot for a running back. Yeah. What he is saying though is he wants to be paid at not as a as a running back, but paid as an elite offensive weapon. So
1: the hell does that mean?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. One, what does that mean? Uh, what do you think about what what he should be paid? What do you think he's worth? And two, do you think he'll actually not be the Steelers, or do you think that you know what he's saying? Do you think they'll come to a deal, or do you think what he's saying it makes sense? And, and do you think he'll actually go somewhere that's going oh, willing to pay him more than fifteen million dollars a year?
1: I think he's gonna get. Um, I think he's gonna get. What was that guy's name? Um, Julius Thomas. The tight end. That tight end. Yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen to Le'Veon Bell. I think that he's going to price himself out of contenders, is what he's gonna Probably. do. Probably. And he's going to only be affordable by shit teams. And so he's going to get his money, but he's going to fade off into obscurity on a team that's garbage, and he won't win any games. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that this deal that I heard about uh, it was like five years, $70 million, I think is what I had heard. Um, to turn that down is completely fucking stupid,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think. Um, he's making more—that's more than most receivers, right? It's roughly yeah. four, $14 million a year, give or it's take. It's more
0: than most receivers. I mean, you're, you're elite receivers. I think when Odell gets signed somewhere next year, depending on how he does this year, I think it'll be more than that.
1: It'll be for more, yeah. You... Because they're just,
0: wide receivers are more dependable. They're going to miss less games. Yep. Uh, they're going to—I think running backs are more vital to your team, but when it comes down to it, uh, a, an elite wide receiver is harder to come by, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you can um, name five or six running backs right now, um, but wide receivers are, you know, those elite ones I can name probably three or four. It's a
1: little thinner. I think that I I agree. I think that a good running back is more valuable to a team, but
0: depends on that type of offense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yes, definitely it does. Um, I think that they do touch the ball more often. So I can see, I could see a running back being more valuable than a wide receiver, but they don't play as long. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. Bell himself has not played a full season. Um well for a couple of reasons. <laughs> injury or um suspension.
0: Was he suspended or hurt last mm-hmm. year? I thought he played all sixteen last year.
1: I don't think he did. I think he missed like two games or did something. He? Uh maybe not. But anyway, in his four seasons, maybe he's played an entire season once. But right. yeah. you know, and first of all, there's no market for what he's calling himself. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no, oh, I should be making what is elite offensive weapon money. That doesn't fucking make any sense.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. He's, that would be a historic contract for a running back. I think like 30 million of that is guaranteed, which is absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially for a player who's going to touch it that much, the risk of injury is high. Mm -hmm. And if I'm him, I'm now going into a contract or going into what would be a contract year. Mm Mm-hmm. On a team that I've already said I don't want to play for. (laughs) Right. And risking getting injured and ruining all this. Yep. Um, My question to you would be, what level of effort do you think you're going to see? How much time do you you expect he maybe spends less time on the field? Almost like a junior in the ncaa who already knows he's going to get drafted do you think he'll sit some or will we see a low no. effort Le'Veon bell or will we see him trying to ball out for the contract
0: i think the latter i think he'll be balling out uh he it sounds like he will not show up to training camp at all mm-hmm. so he'll he'll be he'll play word is he'll play week one and go full. you know go the whole season uh, as long as he doesn't get hurt which those holdouts always get hurt mm-hmm. so mark my words right now july 17th whatever today is he's going to get hurt if he holds out um yeah. I think he's going to go full bore just like we're going to see Odell go full bore. I, I mean, I, Hope I, the, it's, I mean, he's done it the last couple of years now when he's played, you know, he's, he's going full bore. He's, he's playing for that contract. Now I do think what he's asking for is unreasonable. I agree with you. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to evaluate running backs right now because there's not many true running backs. You know, he, he is, he is a different weapon. He is a receiver. He's a running back. Uh, it's just hard. It's hard to tell, you know. But I do think though that with with you know quote unquote contract year and and proving that he's worth not fifteen million a year, but he's worth twenty five million a year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that which I'm sure because I think he's also looking at quarterback contracts, which are historically more too. You know, I think he's looking at as an elite offensive weapon, any Jesus, player. a
1: quarterback? Yeah. He thinks he's whatever.
0: I th- That's that's my opinion. I, I have nothing to base it off of. But when you say you're an elite offensive weapon, mm-hmm. I think that includes every position. And he wants to be, I think he's the type of guy who wants to be the highest played player, player in football, not just, you know, running back or wide receiver or tight end. So we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it all. I think he's going to, I do think he'll have a monster year until he, until he gets hurt. Um, I'm not wishing for him to get hurt because I would love to have him on a fantasy team. But, um, and I don't want any player to to get hurt. But I I think it's going to happen. You know, when you don't, when you go from zero to sixty, you know, you you might start off strong, but you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just going to have you're you're not trained to to last that long. So, you know, look at look at Gronk. Look at all these years he's held out, and yeah. he gets hurt every single year. Now yep. he's a guy too, though. He just said he's not going to hold out this year. He's going going to camp all year, yep. Watch him play all he's sixteen games. His yeah. yeah.
1: There are some cases where I agree with holdouts. There are. Um, this is not one of them. Right. I think as a running back, you have to take your money when you can get it. Now, if he, if you take your money now and then in two years you want to restructure or whatever, fine. Right. Without then. But now you got to get your dollars, dude, because nothing now, nothing is guaranteed in. Right. If he blows his knee out and it ends his career, he's fucking done now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, there's no one there to catch him. And now the Steelers don't want to, if I'm the Steelers... I say, fuck you, man. Go, f- go. Try to find your money on a team that's going to win like we will.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, I, 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 my, my uh, appreciation for Le'Veon Bell has dropped significantly throughout. Yeah. Not only, not only through all of his shenanigans throughout his career, but this specifically just really puts me off of him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a smart business move on his part.
1: No, I think it's very, very stupid.
0: Yeah, until next season, he gets paid like hundred million dollars. <laughs> million. We'll, we'll sound I mean, maybe, then.
1: maybe, yeah. but the risk risk reward, I don't know, because he, he could he could be an all star. He, he could be the Pro Bowler, lead the league in rushing this year. Mm-hmm. What does that get him? Maybe he gets an extra two million a year.
3: Yeah, from fourteen knows? to
1: sixteen, it's not going to get him the twenty two that he wants. No fucking way. He'll be a sixth year running back by then.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I what a, I mean, you know, try and get your money, Levy on sure. But uh, just like Seth said, you're you're risking it big here. So, mm-hmm. um, we shall see. Lots of lots of uh, free agent and contract news yet to come. Uh, camps are going to get started here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so will HBO's um, Hard Knocks.
0: Hard Knocks.
1: Hard Knocks, which is going to follow. Is it the Browns?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that should be interesting. Now I will say that that could be watchable. Um, a lot of new faces around the Browns. A lot of excitement this year around the That's team. That's true.
0: I think they'll be better.
1: Yeah, you've got uh, Baker Mayfield going over there, so potentially good quotes from him. Uh, I, I, might, I might try to check it out. I haven't watched it since the Rams were on it a couple seasons ago, but mm-hmm. uh, I might try to check it out the Browns. I am excited about the Browns this year. Who knows how good a TV it'll be, but uh, right. we'll keep eye out for that. I think that starts a couple weeks into August, so we'll be mm-hmm. looking out for that as well. Let's jump over into movies.
2: Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
3: movies
1: a lot going on in movies this week we're gonna do a couple reviews um, and we've got some news but let's start here we have a couple of trailers this week um, you're a trailer Seth has just watched a couple of them I of course have not watched them myself but a couple movies that I'm very excited about and very excited to hear your thoughts on the trailers tell us what we got this week seth
0: got a couple of biopics picks about biographies biopics So, yes, um, first one I hadn't watched until just before recording, uh, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBG. Uh, I forgot the name of it already.
1: (laughs) It's called On the Basis of Sex.
0: (laughs) On the Basis of Sex. As you can tell, don't know a whole lot about this movie. It's
1: got RBG in it, so it must be sexy.
0: Well, no, it's got Felicity Jones in it.
1: Oh, is that his planner? Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I think her.
0: Let me double check that so I can get that correct. But I'm pretty sure that's, that's right. I saw the trailer and it said her name. Well... (laughs) <laughs>
1: you know what I think of Felicity Jones, and that's that she can get it.
0: Wow, she's not a piece of meat. Uh, well, no,
1: she's a really good actress. And yep, that's her. The Notorious RBG is a female feminist icon. So it's true. This should be very good. It'll be weird seeing uh, seeing RBG portrayed as hot. I think.
3: <laughs> I think
1: of her as an old lady. I mean, maybe she was hot back in the day. I guess I haven't seen pictures have of her young.
0: And she looked um, like Felicity Jones. She was. Yeah. What uh, uh,
1: What are they talking about in this movie? What What story are they focusing on?
0: I mean, it's it's the kind of how she got started and and changing the ideas of the time, which I don't know exactly what time this was. I'm assuming like 60s, 70s. She's in
1: her 80s now, so it'd probably be in the yeah 60s,
0: 50s, 60s, 70s, something like that. But uh, yeah, she's wanting to get into be a be a lawyer and and you know challenge the the uh, basically where women stand and kind of the definition of of their rights like civil rights and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, with the whole me too, me-, me too movement going on right now, it's it's definitely uh, the perfect time for this movie. Um, it has uh, her and it has um, Army Hammer is in it playing her oh. husband. So,
1: he can get it, too. I'll just say <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> T- Timothy Shamalema Dang Dong thinks he can get it. <laughs> um, and uh, Kathy Bates is in it as well. So that'll be cool. Um, it's good cast. It is a good cast. But yeah, it comes out in December. I'm assuming this will be, you know, trying for an Oscar with the timing. Uh, it comes out Christmas, but I'm. we were talking before we started recording. I'm, I, a lot of movies – there was a couple of movies last year that came out, you know, Christmas was their quote-unquote release. But then they, they do select theaters a couple weeks beforehand to get in before the deadline, mm-hmm. which I think is a couple weeks, like maybe a week or so before uh, the the year ends, a year or two weeks before the year ends. So. True. I'm sure they'll, they'll try and get in before the deadline and, and so they can get nominated for an Oscar if it's that good. Uh, Wait, yeah, so uh,
1: Aquaman comes out on December 18th. <laughs> Will that be eligible for the Oscars?
0: It should be. Okay, good. It's going to be look great. look
1: forward to seeing Aquaman in the Oscars.
0: Aquaman. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, the, the cast is really good. Uh, the story is, again, like I said, is perfect. And, uh, it, you know, it could be interesting. It, you know, the th- weird thing to me is, though, is you don't get a lot of biopics about people who are still alive.
1: Yeah, you're kind of right. And it she's
0: she's alive and working still. Like she's 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 not like alive oh, she's and like working with an eat and like crap in her pants and, and eating applesauce all day. She's like she's working and and still trying to change stuff. So it's like
1: that's pretty amazing.
0: It's weird. It's weird that that. But she's gonna get. I'm assuming she had approval on this. I mean, you don't always have to have approval on it, but yeah,
1: you have to sign your life rights out. Um,
0: well, not not always. Because um, like a lot of musicians have biopics about them, but. They don't have a. They don't have, like, if you don't use their music and stuff, you can still do the biopic about them. Hmm. So I think as long as like you don't use certain licensing things, you can still do it.
1: Weird. I don't like that. That sounds dirty. Yeah. I hope they asked her.
0: I hope so too, and I hope she was involved. I hope she gave her input and said this is how it actually happened and, and all that because she yeah she's definitely an interesting person. And
1: I wonder if there's a book that they're going from.
3: Maybe could be. So, sounds probably, like a book title. Yeah,
1: there's probably a biography about it. The yeah. only other person I can think of. And there probably are others. Well, they did Ali while he was alive. Mm. Um, They did Hawking's. That's a guy who was was crapping.
0: Both of those guys were crapping their pants.
1: So they probably had no idea what was going on. Well, Hawking died like two years after they made that movie. Well, it was maybe three or four years after they made that movie. But RBG is never going to die because we need her. (laughs) We need (laughs) her so bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited at, for this one. I'll I didn't de- know
1: it was a thing until uh, someone posted it to us the other day.
0: Yeah, I'll ch- definitely check it out. The other movie is something I'm definitely aware of and very, very excited for, mm-hmm. which is *Beaming Rhapsody, uh, the Rami Malek-led biopic about Freddie Mercury and Queen in general. So this trailer definitely got into more, because the first trailer was just like, song, song, yeah, clip stuff, like that <laughs> type of thing. And this one, you actually got to see him, as, him and hear him as Freddie Mer- Mercury a bit more. And, uh, I know one concern you had was that, will this get into his life, Yeah, you know, like, is this just going to be straight up queen, queen biopic, but this trailer is completely about Freddie Mercury and he, they get into the, you know, to the relationship stuff with in, in the whole, you know, the, being gay was a problem back then, mm-hmm. you know, people were, people were not accepting of it. So, um, they get into some of that in the trailer. Uh, it's you know a
1: pretty good way to make people stop caring that you're gay. <laughs> Is to have like the biggest fucking rock show of all. Of
0: them. <laughs> yeah, they show that too in the trailer, like a huge, like him performing in front of like the biggest crowd ever. Yeah, and it's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, that that they, they get much more into him and in this, and this does seem more like this will be a movie about him and not necessarily the band, which that's what I'd rather have. I don't. I mean, the band is cool and all, but mm-hmm. I need to see Freddie Mercury, and I want to see Rami Malek play him. Uh, his teeth are very distracting. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. They're always fucking sticking out of his mouth in this trailer. But <laughs>
1: weird thing to fucking find out.
0: <laughs> they just they're always hanging out of his damn mouth. But uh no, it it looks it looks great. I cannot wait for this movie. I'm, this this Oscar season is shaping up to be something really good. Is, it really if they, could be if they can pull off all these, movie, you know these these two steep Carell movies, Star is Born, Bohemian Rhapsody. If this Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie is good,
2: there's a lot of
0: there's. I mean, there's I've have a bunch of shit written down already to go. Uh, the the uh, Melissa McCarthy movie, all this stuff. I mean, it could be a really good like a really competitive Oscar season. So, I hope so. I'm really pumped. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it.
1: Well, that'll definitely be an exciting time. We'll, of course, have to play our Oscar game again. I'm probably going to win this year. Um, but let's move on to some news. Uh, the most exciting piece of news for me this week is something that we've been talking about for a while, but it was finally made official. Zombieland 2 two is going to be... Uh, well, it's in pre-production now, so that's mm-hmm. officially going to happen. They have all four stars back mm-hmm. for the sequel. Emma Stone, um, mm. uh, 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 uh uh fucking Jesus why can't i think of any of Abigail Woody Harrelson, Reslin, Woody Harrelson <laughs>
0: Jesse Eisenberg and Jesse
1: Eisenberg wow Mark Zuckerberg totally just brain derped for the second there um all four are back for the sequel we don't know much about um the plot or anything like that but mm-hmm. i am excited
0: October to... 2019 is the scheduled release
1: Oh so they they must be starting to shoot soon then
0: Yep they okay. they expedited apparently expedited the whole process to get it going i mean I, it sounds like they've had kind of ideas in the works for a while um "Ruben Fleischer is the director, and I'm uh, uh, Rhett Reese is the writer, who, who also wrote uh, Deadpool and Deadpool Two and Zombie Land. So they're all back. I mean, the the whole original cast is back, so mm-hmm. and writers and all that stuff. So yeah, they they apparently have had ideas for a while from the sounds of it, and they're just getting ready to go for it now. So
1: I'm hoping this is a good example, uh, much like Incredibles earlier this summer, where." You know, you can't force a quick turnaround on a sequel, mm-hmm. even, a beloved, even on a beloved movie like Zombieland, which I think found its cult following kind of late. I, I don't think it did huge box office.
3: Yeah, um, I don't know.
1: But, um, you know, the actors have gone on to success. Each of them has. Yeah. And so finally it's working out that they can come back together and they've got the right story. So I'm very excited for this. It will uh, do a little bit of competing with it, too. Next mm-hmm. fall, um, which I think comes out in actually in September, but yeah, I think that'll a have a long, time. a long box office lifespan. So um, we shall see. But very excited. Zombie Lane was one of my favorite movies in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, still love it. I watch it every now and then, uh, even still, and it, it holds up. It's a good yep. one. So we'll have to do some viewings of that, um, at least one before September uh, October of twenty nineteen.
0: So I mentioned early or earlier, uh, Timothy Shamalima Ding Don has uh, uh, was was. Uh, in Oscar contention last year and, and so he's been doing a lot more of these artier movies recently uh, but he's kind of landed his first big blockbuster uh, recently. Uh, he is set to star in the Denis Villeneuve uh, remake of Dune. So that's, that's a movie be that's huge. been in production for a very long time. Uh, of course it's like a, a huge, huge nerdy novel that people love. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a movie that disappointed a lot of people in the 80s so uh, Denis Villeneuve, he's, he's Genius. Um, Arrival and uh we didn't really like Blade Runner twenty forty nine as much, but
1: everybody else did though. <laughs> yeah, but
0: the thing about that movie is we just I mean, we didn't like kind of the pacing, it was acted really well, it looked great, he had a good vision for it. Well just... it
1: was We just don't like Blade Runner. Like yeah. even yep. the first. You yep. know, and it was in line with the fir- with the first. It was gorgeously shot and mm-hmm. it was well acted. Mm-hmm. Um I think Arrival for me definitely cements him as amazing. Yeah. Sicario also was Denis Villeneuve, was it not?
0: Yeah, I think he was the first one. I think
1: this first Sicario. So that guy knows how to make a damn movie. Now, Dune, uh, like you mentioned, was a book. A lot of people have considered that to be unfilmable. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to make a good movie. If anyone could do it, I think it might be this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to have Timothy Chalamet on board. Um, so I think it seems like they're going to be taking it seriously. They got a serious director, serious actor. This movie is going to be fucking huge. Yeah. I don't know what the budget is, but it, it's got to uh, be I think it's, it's $150 million right now. Yeah.
0: So it's big big budget
1: so we'll, we'll see uh i'm I, I own that book um on audiobook don't forget to go to audible trial.com slash soco maybe you can get it for free. Ah, free and uh i'm hoping to read that before um you know before that movie comes out but uh yeah more to come doing one of the big classic sci-fi uh, franchises there's a couple sequels to it so we'll see i'm excited for this though i i really am i any big massive sci-fi you know space opera or big sci-fi saga I'm mm-hmm. in for, uh, you know, And until it disappoints me, I'll, I'll go watch it. One of the things I'm excited for, and we could have put this here or in TV news, uh, but we got a, a lot of other stuff to talk about today, but um, we did talk a few months back about Mark Millar um, and his Millar world being purchased by Netflix.
0: Creative name.
1: Mark, yeah. Mark Millar is, if you don't know, uh, the creative mind behind Kick-Ass and most recently the Kingsman series. And... <clears throat> He's got a sort of a comic book publishing company that, like I said, was bought up by Netflix. Netflix has now announced some of the first projects that are being worked on um, by Millar World and Netflix. And I'm, I'm excited for some of these titles. Have you seen these?
0: Yeah, I don't really know what any of these things are. <laughs> so, I mean, I saw that they have, I think, is it three movies and two two series or two movies and three series?
1: um three movies okay three movies two series so the series are uh one is called jupiter's legacy jupiter jupiter and it's um it's a superhero story and what i know about it is that there are some millennial superheroes that are having to deal with some older maybe baby boomer type superheroes Mm. which i think could be so brilliant (laughs) um you know kind of playing on that generational divide or whatever i i that's all I know about it, but I'm so in for that. I think that could be super well done.
0: I don't know. I'm anything with Jupiter in the title is probably not good. I mean, Jupiter ascending.
1: Yeah, Jupiter's legacy, as it relates to that movie, has not been good. But I think that <laughs> I think that this Jupiter's legacy will will be. And again, that's a TV show, so we're going to see a huge, massive world build. I'm sure in this, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to get a lot of depth here. So we'll see. No, nobody cast uh, yet, from what I can tell. But that's one I'm really excited for. Very excited for this other one. It sounds very interesting. It's called american jesus (laughs) and it's about a kid who is apparently 12 years old and he realizes one day that he's jesus christ what and he's been reincarnated into this 12 year old boy and he also (laughs) uh watch out conservatives finds out or he also is a i think he's uh he's a spanish speaking kid uh oh. So I don't know if he like, Not
0: my Jesus.
1: Yeah. Not my Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if he's um, you know, part part Spanish or part Mexican or whatever. Um but he's gonna be bilingual. So uh that's pretty cool. But yeah, this kid's gonna wake up one day and realize he's Jesus. So
0: How do you uh, realize that? Is he like taking a shower and all of a sudden it turns into wine or something?
1: Uh that'd be a pretty sweet scene. So yeah. I'm kinda hoping that's what they do.
0: Yeah, he's like rubbing his body and it's all just like turning into turning purple and he's like what's going
1: on i hope that happens to me tomorrow when i shower <laughs> just kidding i'm not going to shower tomorrow <laughs> no this could be cool i think that there could be a lot of i think this will be very probably satirical mm-hmm. toward christianity um might not be great for the christians out there um if, i assume it'll be very satirical and comedic and um probably subvert a lot of the religion and stuff that that we have come to know but uh, you know, I, I definitely am excited for this one. I think it could be very entertaining. And it's another series. So, again, we're going to get a lot of world build um, and a lot of uh, very well fleshed out. I think that the casting of this is important um, with American Jesus. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: that's going to be an important, and they're really going to have to nail that, and he's going to have to act very well, or it's going to seem very offensive.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, the thing about satire is you've got to toe the line of offensive without going over it. And uh, I think who they cast will be very important here. Um, But I definitely trust Millar to handle that in a way that is, you know, with relative taste, (laughs) I will say. (laughs) The movies uh, are also sounding kind of interesting. Um, The first is called Empress, and it's described here as a sci-fi story about a queen who is hiding from her dictator husband. Uh, So I don't know a lot about that, but uh, lady lady led there, so Hmm. um, could be some cool stuff going on there. There's one called Huck which is about a guy who um, apparently has got some supernatural abilities and he's living in a quiet seaside town, they say. Huh. So I suspect that... Uh, a lot of Lampi, superhero stuff. Yeah, that's kind of his bag, it seems like. At least, um, you know, the fantasy type. Um, you know, even even Kingsman, which is based in reality, is still pretty wacky and fantastical.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the last one of these I'm also <laughs> excited about just because of the title. It's called Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Uh-uh. And it's a sci- It's described as a sci-fi epic and um, it's going to be a comic book first, so it's a comic book that they're working on now. That'll come out, then the movie will come out. And uh, much like, much like uh, you might have guessed, it's about a guy named Sharky who is a bounty hunter. So, all right, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, what do you think of the uh, of the lineup there? Is there anything that you're most excited for, or just is it just like me? I'll, I'll spoil myself here. Uh, I just want all this now.
0: I think the I'm actually most excited for the. The Jupiter one. Mm-hmm. To be honest. I, I like the idea of the whole superhero world. It reminds me of that Steelheart series that I read. Sure. Yeah. Um, which I still think would make for an incredible show slash movie. But uh great
1: audiobook, by the way, com slash soco.
0: Exactly. Free. Free. Um and uh that that sounds exciting. I do like the, the the Jesus one. I think they all sound like they could be cool. So yeah. um but yeah, the the Jupiter one sounds Jupiter sounds like the one I'd be most interested in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think if I had to stack rank them, that might be at the top of mine, too. I think that sounds super interesting. Um, but we are certainly going to get a heavy dose of Malar World uh, in the coming years. No dates on any of this stuff yet, um, just announcing that that's what's in the works. So we'll see. But Netflix does work quickly. So mm-hmm. we could be seeing some of this maybe as early as next year. We'll we'll have to wait and see.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's it for news this week. But we do have a couple movies to review. We each saw something over the weekend. And uh, I'll go first here. And I, I saw a Netflix original called Okja. Action. Which a lot of people saw when it came out. I am late to the party on Okja, um, and I'm going to keep this brief because I assume a lot of folks have seen it, and I don't want to give too much away um, for those who haven't. Okja is about a, uh, a super pig, is how it's described in the, um, in the movie, who um, has been sort of um, presented as the, the cure for world hunger. Mm -hmm. because okja is super huge and will provide a lot of meat and also um, okja shits very little and so there's not a lot of the greenhouse gas from other livestock and for various reasons okja is supposed to cure world hunger and be the next big livestock thing Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and um, in order to raise these super pigs they're given out to farms all over the world and one of them Okja is the name of this specific super pig, is given away to a little girl and her grandfather and they are farmers in Korea. And, um, over the course of the time that they're raising the pig, um, they, they, they develop a relationship with Okja and then, uh, the bill comes due and, uh, Okja is to be taken from them, um, for, you know, reasons. And so, the movie is about what happens after that. That's the beginning part of the movie, so I won't give out anything else that happens uh, beyond that. But I will say this is a super heartwarming movie, um, very similar to kind of a, like a boy and his dog kind of movie, where you know the relationship that that she has with the pet is very um, heartwarming. Also, kind of a scary movie. Um, there's some uh, kind of some horror elements, not like a blah scary, but like some some kind of disturbing elements of this. There are some themes of. Um, ethics as it relates to livestock Mm. and how we treat animals that are kind of they make you think you know and they kind of give you another perspective Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot to uh, sort of digest in this movie and and to sit Uh, and think. is that a pun (laughs) it wasn't intentional but that's (laughs) i'm so good at it i do it without even thinking um you get some interesting turns by jake gyllenhaal and by tilda swinton in this movie they're both playing some kind of wacky characters Mm -hmm. which are a little strange i wasn't a huge fan of either of their performances to be honest i I don't know that they fit the tone of the movie super well Mm. um but i will say that the lead is uh the young girl magia who is uh korean and speaks korean throughout the movie she is wonderful um what she's able to give you without speaking really any english and by dealing with a giant super cgi pig um was very impressed with her and uh there's some other supporting actors um uh Steven Yeun Yen who was in Steven Yeun Yen um yeah. who was in uh Walking Dead he, Glenn. he he shows up in this one uh Paul Dano has a really good uh performance in this that I enjoyed so a really interesting little movie um not terribly long so I I would give it a recommend check it out on Netflix it is of course a Netflix original um but it is kind of a thinker and, and a movie that I think is most fun when you uh watch it with someone and then and then talk about it so um, of course if you do watch it, uh, hit me up at underscore cody michael um or you can um hit us up at the email at soco show91 at gmail dot com. Don't uh, don't say anything to Seth he hasn't seen it yet, you no know, spoilers. All right. So that is Oakja. What did you see this week?
0: I saw Oakja. No, I didn't watch that. Um have not seen Oakja. <laughs> uh no, I, I saw a movie that um has kind of been on my radar for a bit now. Uh re- came out on VOD. Uh, a couple, I'd say about a month or so ago, it was, it was out in theaters a few months back as well, but a movie called The Death of Stalin, which has been something I've saw, why it's on my radar, uh, it's, it's gotten a lot of really positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's currently at 96 on, on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Um, it is directed and written by Armando Iannucci, who is uh, the Veep guy. He has written a lot oh, for Veep, directed a lot okay. for Veep. I don't, he might have. Created Veep? I don't know if he created it. I know he's definitely. <laughs> what? You
1: know, I, I walked through the room while you're watching this, and that 1000% makes sense based on the yeah. dialogue I was hearing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it definitely has that Veep vibe, but basically the movie is the. I mean, it's the death of Stalin. So, uh, Stalin, uh, of course, the Russian quote unquote dictator, uh, he um he you know he's in charge and everything he's got some lackeys uh around him uh of which are jeffrey Tambor and steve buscemi there's a couple other actors as well um but those are the two the two main well-known actors in that in that group there of his his lackeys uh but stalin goes down he he falls ill i think he has a uh brain aneurysm is what it ends up mm-hmm. being um and i can't remember exactly something to do with his brain and uh now they're all trying to scramble and figure out what to do. There's some power struggles going on. Um, according to the the Russian law, uh, the Jeffrey Tambor's character has to take over. So it's uh, that's not really a spoiler. That's kind of where the movie jumps off. So not really a spoiler. But so of course it's th- this movie. Uh, there's also a couple other actors in it. Jason Isaacs uh, is in it. Um, who was uh, he was uh, uh, Lucius Malfoy oh. uh, in Harry Potter and also Rupert Friend. Uh, who was on homeland uh, he was he was quinn on homeland um they, they those are kind of the main the main actors you would know in this uh so kind of a pretty interesting and kind of like eclectic cast because it 's a very 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 different uh cast that you would see but uh this movie is now with the writer you you know it 's comedy it's there's definitely some very very funny moments funny interactions between the characters but uh this movie has an interesting tone to it so at first off as I mentioned, there's the, the movie really focuses around the power struggle after, after Stalin dies, Jeffrey Tambor takes his place, uh, his character. And he's kind of, he's, he's not, he doesn't play as dumb of a character. As he doesn't like the rest of development, but he plays, you know, not, not the brightest ball in the, in the, in the box. And, uh, he's, he's just kind of like, kind of like guys, what the hell, you know, like what are we doing here? And, uh, Steve Buscemi and the actor's name is Simon Russell. Uh, they're all Russian names, so I'm not gonna even try to pronounce these things. Um, but those, that's where the 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 big struggle goes in between. They're trying to make decisions and they're they're fighting each other back and forth on it. Um, so that that's really the whole plot of the movie from that point. Uh, as I mentioned, the tone is interesting. So it is definitely funny, and there's some comedic moments. But there's also some really brutal moments, like with some some killings and things like that, and. The, I think that's where the movie kind of disconnected with me a little bit because I don't think it know exactly what it wanted to be, uh, whether it wanted to be a straight up comedy or if it wanted to be um, more of a serious tone movie at times. Um, I mean, it, it, it knew it wanted to be a comedy because, you know, there's there are some really funny lines, uh, specifically Rupert Friend, uh, who play is played Stalin's son. Is hilarious in this movie. Uh, he's got some really really funny lines. He plays. He's kind of like a crazy. You know, he's a crazy dude, son of Stalin. So he's kind of off the handle and stuff. He's he's getting, he goes on power trips and stuff. But so he's he's hilarious and has some hilarious lines. But then like you see people's brains in this movie. People get headshotted. Um, thousands of people die in certain instances. So it's like, what are you trying to be? Because you know I, I I sit there and I would laugh and then all of a sudden I'd be like, ah. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> so I I think what I was expecting going in was a straight up comedy mm-hmm. and it didn't take it there exactly. Um, two, I'm also not a huge, like I'm not a huge political fan. Uh, I mean, of course, I like House of Cards, but that doesn't really after season two, that's really not a whole lot of politics involved anymore. And I think with like this movie, uh, there is more of like the Russian stuff going on there. Uh, not as much. I mean, it's not not completely that way, but it, it kind of takes a little bit more for me to connect to it in that way um so yeah the tone and, and and just that the whole political you have to kind of be into politics to enjoy this just like probably veep too you mean mm, you have to kind of be into it so it uh i don't know i i think there's like i said there's some funny moments i enjoyed that you can't really say the performances are great because they do what they need to do it's not like a serious drama movie so it's not like you know they're going to be winning awards anytime soon but uh, it does make some some kind of comments on the political landscape now too which is the, another reason why I think a lot of people like it. Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie as a whole. I, I would recommend it if it's ever on like Netflix or Hulu or, or Amazon or something. I wouldn't say go out and like rent it or buy it or anything like that. Uh, but check it out if you get a chance. Uh, definitely, if anything alone, just for the laughs mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would have enjoyed a more straight up tone, whether it be a straight up drama, which I think all of those actors can can do drama. Yeah. Um, I mean – Jeffrey Tambor's won for he's won Emmys for it. Steve um, Buscemi has been nominated for stuff. You know, like I think all of those people can do drama pretty well. So I think if this would have been a straight up drama, it would have been interesting because you get the whole political struct, the political struggle mm-hmm. throughout it. But also, it would have been a straight up comedy, uh, which I think Veep is more of. Yeah, um, you would have it, it would have been a really really funny movie. If they if they would have instead of going from something you're laughing at really hard to someone getting shot in a serious way because there's yeah there's no like joke boom shoot to the head ha 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 you know it's like <laughs> you know people die
1: it's played straight
0: yeah and so i think if, if they would have stuck with one of the tones i would have liked it a whole lot more especially if it would have been the comedy tone completely throughout i would have enjoyed it but um yeah definitely check it out if you get a chance so it's worth a watch it's not a it, it's a good movie it's just i think i could have enjoyed it more than i did
1: yeah. So what I've been told about this movie is that it is a very dark comedy,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I I've had it on my list as well. I, I may I may still try to check this out because yeah, I think you'd
0: like it, especially knowing what you're getting going into it.
1: Yeah, and the the writing and the it's from what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Super dialogue driven.
0: Yeah. Oh, the whole thing is dialogue.
1: Yeah, and that that I I like. You know, yeah. um, I like Sorkin. I like. Um, uh, this guy from Veep, uh, a lot of the writing on that Veep is almost entirely dialogue-driven too. Mm-hmm. So, I think I might gravitate to this a little more than some folks. But yeah, I'm not such a fan of the very dark, nasty violence. So, I I'm, I want to watch this now m- most mostly because I I am interested to see if I like it or not. Um, I think there are parts I to your point, parts I like and parts I won't. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna I've had this on my list for a while. I think I might mm-hmm. might put it up higher on the list.
0: Yeah, I, I think you'd like it. Uh, I think the other thing, too, is that it just switches back and forth between the whole, the tone shifts so much. Kind
1: of give you a whiplash.
0: That it's like, yeah, it's like, again, I, I'd want to laugh through those moments, not be like, ha ha, oh, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, so I don't know. Uh, enjoyable, definitely. It's it's a well-made movie and, and well-written. Dialogue's good. But, yeah, could have enjoyed it more, I think.
1: Well, good. That is The Death of Stalin. Uh, you've got to pay to rent it right now. Yep. Um, but so you can find it on you know Voodoo Google, Google Play wherever it is you're gonna YouTube whatever it is, Redbox I guess um, wherever it is you want to rent movies uh, check out the Death of Stalin if you're into dark comedy but don't uh, don't don't think lightly when we say dark <laughs> comedy. <laughs>
0: um, I I don't know if I brought this up before on the show or not but something I did to quote unquote pay for this movie uh, Google has this opinion rewards uh, for Google play credits. So you just sign Google opinion rewards and you just do quick surveys. Like for example, I'll be in, in, if I'm in like Minneapolis and I go to a restaurant, um, it'll ask me, Hey, did you enjoy this restaurant? Phil, you know, it it pulls up like a lot of the questions are even like, did you pay with a credit card? Yes. No. Mm -hmm. Boom. Here's 10 cents. And so that's how I rent a lot of my movies on Google play, uh, which Google play has the option for like Chromecast and stuff. So if you have Chromecast, you can watch it through there or whatever. But, uh, I would recommend doing that because I've rented probably four or five movies just off of that alone. So it's really worth just filling because it, it's, it's like the the surveys that you do don't they take less than thirty seconds most of them, mm. and some like when we were in Colorado, I would do some of them that were like a dollar a shot, hmm. and so you know it, it's definitely worth it to get some free movies out of it just if that alone. Otherwise, you can pay for apps or whatever. But um, definitely check that out if you get a chance. It'll it'll save you some money.
1: Well, there you go. Google Opinion Rewards. Uh, I'll try and find a link and put that down below so folks can um, get a little bit of money to uh, pay for some rentals. Because, yeah, it's like four bucks for a rental. So, yeah, if you do uh, if you do enough of those, you could rent uh, maybe something like The Death of Stalin. Which yep,
0: that's what I, I mean. That's what I did for paid for almost all of it with that.
1: Yeah. So, so. maybe maybe the, some of those movies that you're not rushing out to see mm-hmm. that you might be a little hesitant to pay. It's a lot easier to do it when it's for free. So, yeah. Well, that's all for movies this week. A lot of conversation to be had in TV, specifically around the Emmys, so let's get into it.
3: That's what she said.
0: TV. Who's Emmy?
1: <laughs> all right, before we jump into the Emmy conversation, Seth, you got some news?
0: Yeah, so I, uh, those of us who are friends with us on Facebook saw today um, that SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that premiered, yeah. premiered 19 years ago today.
1: That is staggering.
0: Yeah, 19 years ago. What, what was the first episode? Do you remember?
1: The first episode is um, Help Wanted, where he gets hired at the Krusty Krab. Okay. And then in the middle- Where mi- it all began. In the middle, there is a short uh, called Reef Blower. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. And I remember
0: uh, in the SpongeBob video game, you got to use the Reef yeah. Blower. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think the second half of that episode is Tea at the Tree Dome. Okay. Which is where he meets Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> Sandy Cheeks. Um, and he, it's. I'm pretty sure that's the water. I need water. Yeah. I think that's the one. Eh, it might be ripped pants. <laughs> ripped pants is one of the first couple episodes. I think it's that. I think it's Tea okay. at the Tree Dome, though. But you can look that up.
0: Yeah, July 17th, 19 years ago.
1: That is. Well, you know what's crazy about that is I remember exactly. <laughs> I vividly remember watching that first episode of SpongeBob. Let me. Uh, let me tell you a little tale. Let's set. Seth. Let's set the scene. So the scene, if you uh, take my hand and we'll journey into the year 19, what take year was it? It would have been
3: 1999. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Y2K has not happened yet. Uh, picture, if you will, a- If you we. Picture, if you will, a small Northeast Iowa home on Fifth Avenue in Owine. Uh, where Why do you give us the
0: house number too?
1: <laughs> it's
3: 213.
1: <laughs> Uh, a small home where the uh living room is occupied by one one young boy and it's 7-year-old Cody Michael. Uh now it's 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 an occasion that Cody is solely occupying the living room on this night because on this night Cody has been left home alone. Um his younger brother Kyle has been uh taken to a babysitter and Cody is left to his own devices while I think mom and dad are out on a date. And so Cody has control, a rare occasion, of the remote at this point. So as the evening rolls on, Cody is watching whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and at I think it was probably 7 p.m. Or I might have watched it on the Nick West mm. where it was two hours behind yep. Um. On uh, at 9 p.m. But at any rate... SpongeBob SquarePants comes on. Oh, and God. there was a lot of fanfare.
0: Hubub- hullabaloo?
1: There was a lot of hullabaloo around SpongeBob. People were very excited for the show. They had been a lot of lead into it. And finally, it was time to sit down for SpongeBob SquarePants. And I remember the room being very dark. I think I had turned off all the lights to watch SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> and Oh,
0: shit, it's going down.
1: <laughs> I sit down, and SpongeBob starts up. And... It is absolutely fucking magic to me. <laughs> my seven-year-old mind is absolutely goozing out of my ears. Good God, that's
0: the most disgusting thing I've
3: ever heard.
1: I I am so floored by the bright colors, the the action, the the goofiness of it all, the crazy characters. SpongeBob is doing hilarious shit with a leaf blower. I am absolutely just entranced by this cartoon. And I I still have such vivid memories of sitting on my couch and at some points standing on my couch and just freaking out about how great SpongeBob SquarePants was, and it is one of the thing one of the memories that I have that is so uh, that I show so cherished from childhood because SpongeBob went on to be my favorite show for many many years. I loved SpongeBob so much, and even to this day, occasionally I'll pop on an episode of SpongeBob. I watched a ton of it in college. I know all the words to many SpongeBob episodes, and um, it's exciting. I don't know, 19 years ago to know where you were 19 years ago on this day is weird, and it's I guess we're getting older, but it's exciting. And that that was that's the first time the first time I watched SpongeBob SquarePants. So I watched it on the premiere. I was among the first kids to get. Uh, to get Spongebob.
0: Oh, that's special. That's a special moment.
1: It I, is think, special.
0: I think the, the best thing about that story though is that uh we've discovered a new word, which is a combination of gushing and oozing, which is now <laughs> goozing.
1: Yeah, there there was brain goose for sure. I think Goosing. I leaked out I leaked out some long division.
0: Um, goozing.
1: When uh when I was watching Spongebob's Quarter Pants. I think I think what they did, and I, I may be wrong, I think they showed two entire episodes back to back. So I think probably I think you got Help Wanted and then Sandy episode. And then I think you got Ripped Pants in the second part of that. Okay. Because I remember, uh, and I don't know if it's a memory from the same night, but I remember the first time watching Ripped Pants just like being just blown away by it. Like I was singing it nonstop for like a week after that. Ripped Pants was one of my favorite of the early episodes. Um, but I still like, uh, in the first episode, Spongebob goes after a hydrodynamic spatula with port and starboard attachments and turbo drive is is what he has to do for Mr. Krabs. So, um, yeah, SpongeBob is important to me. I've been ranting about it for a couple minutes now. Probably everyone thinks I'm a douchebag or a loser at the very least. Um, but seven-year-old Cody was, uh, pretty excited about that shit.
0: Yeah, so tune in next week for uh, Sponge Talk, which is Cody's new podcast.
1: <laughs> Sponge Talk. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> we could go through every every episode of SpongeBob and just talk. That's actually, yeah. I guarantee that, that,
0: that podcast already exists. We're
1: going to – oh, yeah, it probably does. Maybe I should just find the existing podcast and try yeah, to get just on just
0: listen that. to that because I'm not watching every episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> Well, not knowing we we're gonna talk about SpongeBob for thirty minutes. <laughs> um I was trying <laughs> you to use that me up. I was using that to lead into the next story, which is something I'm more excited about. This this is an animated show that I uh, was much more of a fan of that is getting revived.
1: What's funny is I haven't seen this in years, but I immediately know it.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Sounds so nineties.
3: <laughs> also, um. You I'm remember?
1: just the bubba. That's what I was going to say. Like yeah.
0: that, that, that's when they sh- throw the episode title up and it was like a bunch of fucking like squigglies and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to, uh, when I was in, when I was, had to be babysat. So I was probably like definitely in like kindergarten, first grade time. Um, the people I'd go stay at, we'd watch Rugrats every morning before I'd go to school. And uh, we would take turns doing the bubba every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so my much more succinct story. You're welcome.
1: Look, succinctness is not a quality <laughs> that people come to, or that people come to the Soco Show for. They come for <laughs> long-winded, dumbass stories. That's
0: true. Uh, that should be the actually the name of the podcast: long-winded, long-winded dumbass story.
1: That'd be a long-winded, dumbass title. So that would be fitting.
0: Anyway, Rugrats being revived for um, a twenty-six episode animated series, as well as a CG live-action movie.
1: What? Wait, what? That's an oxymoron. You can't be well, CG and live it'll action.
0: It'll be live action. It'll be like Planet of the Apes type thing.
1: Oh, it's live God. action,
0: but with CG character babies, probably.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> um. Well, I'm on board for the series. I may even watch I'm it. I'm on this
0: board song. for all of it.
1: That movie sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah, it sounds right? scary.
0: Right? I'm on board for all of it. I, I, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. We got hyped for Power Rangers. Uh, Rugrats was easily my favorite uh, animated show as a kid. I've uh, Watched the shit out of it. I I'm, you you talked about how you uh, like it was a rare night for you to have control of the TV. I was fucking raised by the TV. I was breastfeeding off the TV. So, uh, which is why I love TV so much still to this day. Um, but yeah, I watched Rugrats from probably the the moment I could consciously remember TV. So, um, yeah, Rugrats. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I don't know if the original cast is going to be doing voices again or not. Um, I hope Tara Strong comes back. She was Tommy Pickles. So
1: That's right. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So I hope she comes back and does voices and everything, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's also weird. They did the did the show All Grown Up, so we have already oh, know yeah. what happens to them when they're older.
1: I really want to shout it out. All grown up. I want the world to know. All grown up. Dude, there I are some really great Nickelodeon theme all grown songs. grown up with you.
0: There were some great Nickelodeon theme songs, but I think the best is still Macy Gray's uh, theme song for As Told By Ginger.
3: Oh.
1: From Where I'm Standing. From Where I'm Standing. <laughs> <laughs> right into it. We didn't write that, folks. That's oh, fucking synergy, is what that is.
0: Yeah. So, Nickelodeon... You're not going to
1: get that on Sponge Talk.
0: <laughs> no, no, so, no, as, no As Told By Ginger theme on Sponge Talk. <laughs>
1: I liked the unfabulous one too.
0: That was good. Yeah, but I'm talking about like animated because like Fairly Odd Parents is a great one. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh
1: yeah, Fairly Odd Parents was great. Danny
0: Phantom, Gotta Catch catch your moxies. Danny Phantom, Chalk, Chalk Zone, Chalk Zone zone might be my favorite. Fucking Ruby's Got the Chalk. Rocket Power didn't have words, but it was great.
1: Rocket Power
0: was great. My favorite part is
1: My favorite on Rocket Power was when Reggie would (웃음) shake the screen and (laughs) he goes,
2: yeah
0: loved it. Dude, Nickelodeon is I people who talk about Disney all the time, I swear I'll slap them all.
1: Nah, I'll be a Nick kid till I fucking die.
0: Yeah. All right, but that's all I got about, about Rugrats. We I'm, we
1: went off on Nick.
0: Yeah, I love that Nickelodeon. was like 15
1: minutes on Nick. I will I will
0: suck Nick's dick all day.
1: <laughs> you heard it here if your name's Nick, at suck
0: oh. Yeah. Just give me that orange goo. I'm all in. Give me Jesus. some of your slime.
1: Oh god, you going to get goos in your mouth.
0: I, I, w- I want to get some slime. Slimey baby. <laughs>
1: God, <laughs> uh, you just coughed something up. That was disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's, it, what? What is next? Do you have more news? Uh,
0: the last thing I have uh, is not Nickelodeon related, unfortunately. Uh, it is superhero related, though. Um, so we are not. We talked about it. We announced it. We broke the news. <laughs> breaking. <laughs> we did not break the news. Break
1: yourself. Fool. <laughs> Wait, we're not breaking. No, no we're not breaking, breaking
0: this? News. Okay. Uh. So we talked about it a while back that, uh, of course, there's going to be another CW crossover event uh, this this fall when they do that again, and Batwoman will be appearing in that. Uh, They've officially announced that she is also going to get her own CW show. Ooh. So uh, we are officially getting our full look into the Gotham world. Uh, I'm excited. I, I I'm excited for some some Bat characters. A little kind of a mix because like you know Green Arrow is a lot like Batman, uh, but you know batwoman has is, is a little bit more of a you know the tech savvy part of it and you also get you know kind of more of the the uh lore of gotham in there so you can get some really really cool characters you haven't gotten so far and potentially like with supergirl superman's in it we might get a little Bruce Wayne Batman in there Ooh, too perhaps. so especially if they do if it's Barbara Gordon Batwoman um you know we'll get that we'll get some Jim Gordon um some team ups there robin could potentially be in at nightwing all like there, it opens it up even more um i hope that this takes place on the same earth as like as, as green arrows does cuz like supergirl takes place on a different earth mm-hmm. everything else takes place on green arrow's earth the arrowverse part of it so i hope that the same happens here that she takes place in that cuz they have mentioned bruce wayne on on arrow so i i'm excited i'm very very excited for the possibility of this opening up even more so
1: yeah, it could be interesting. It, it, funny how they're going with like the teen lady sidekicks mm-hmm. instead of like Batman and Superman. Yeah. Uh, but I think it could be cool. I don't know a lot about her, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, I'm almost definitely not going to watch this. I'm just not yeah. into the CW verse. But it will be. It would be. It will be good for fans to get to uh, learn more about her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and to explore Gotham. Everyone loves Gotham. So.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it.
1: Well, enough news and enough Nickelodeon. We got to give the people what they fucking want, Seth. And what the people want is your TV corner
0: in my tv corner
3: seth i want to blow you Woo!
0: you know that's that i just, it just dawned on me that that makes no sense
1: <laughs> the tv corner that, 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 or that emma still want to blow you of course that, that makes that's why it's funny
0: no that makes all the sense um none of that none of that sounder makes any sense at all at least some of them make sense that one has that makes no no sense whatsoever
2: it says seth
0: Yeah, but like, it's just me saying TV Corner, Ric Flair's theme music, and then her saying she wants to blow me.
1: (laughs) You know, when you put it like that, it is pretty dumb. Um, It's
0: great, though. We talked about it last week enough. We'll get it. How did
1: we land on that? Yeah, that is absolutely. Anyway, what are you reviewing this week?
0: (laughs) This week uh, is a show we'll talk about plenty in the Emmy nominations. Uh, Handmaid's Tale season two had its Mm, finale last week. Uh, of course, I talked about season one with one of my first TV corners. Um, and so season two just wrapped up. We, Of course, it, it builds off of what happened last season pretty much immediately. Uh, I, We all kind of know the story-ish. Uh, a religious group has taken over uh, America, and which is called the Gilead. And Elizabeth Moss is the lead of the show. Uh, she plays uh, Offred slash June who uh, is working for this family. Um, the I can't remember. I just know I just know him by the commander, because he's a Commander Waterford, and then uh, Yvonne Strahovski's character, uh, Mrs. Waterford. Uh, they, say, they say her name in this season. I can't remember what the fuck it is now. Brittany. No, it's like... Tanya. Get the fuck
1: Michelle, out of here. Michelle. <laughs> am I close?
0: No, what is it? It's like, it starts with an S. I don't know. Fuck off. Anyway... I tell myself to fuck off. Um, so yeah, season two of *Hammered* still again takes place right after the first season, which the first season was the entirety of the book. And so, of course, I've you know I've talked about before, pretty skeptical when shows and movies do this when they kind of go off the source material. This season, now going kind of going off the rails a little bit in that way, um, doesn't necessarily go off the rails as a show. Uh, it does kind of take some some liberties a bit and. It doesn't necessarily go where i where i want to see it, but I think if I'm going you know off some positive and negatives uh first off the acting the acting in the show is absolutely incredible um for whatever you can say about the story the plot, the acting is is top notch because of the the situations that these people have to go through and when we talk about the Emmy nominations um uh, you'll you can just see by that the acting <laughs> is is yeah. incredible in the show uh whether it's Elizabeth Moss, Yvonne Strahovski, the guy who plays the commander, I can't remember his name because he's relatively new, and Dowd. It's, I mean, just all these people bring incredible performances. I think the one thing that is also positive in terms of the story here is that, you know, we've had this entire season to know these characters. And so now you, you do have a little bit more care for some of these characters. Uh there, there, are, there are some really, really brutal stuff in this show. Again, uh, there was one episode that even stated, hey, there's some graphic material coming oh, up. Okay. So um, it's, it's pretty brutal and kind of hard to get through. I have seen some people that we know personally. I've seen some people review who um, have been kind of negative about the show. And I, I would assume it's because of that. Because no matter what you say, the acting, you can't doubt it. Yeah. Um, it's It's awesome. But the show itself has some material that's hard to hard to get through and hard to support just kind of like season th- uh, 13 reasons why did in that first season that show was was you know a pretty good show but some brutal stuff so it, it it can be tough um i do think that the show this season because it didn't have the the uh the source material just a lot like like 13 reasons why did it didn't know exactly where it was going the first season Again, like Thirteen Reasons Why, knew exactly what it was doing. It had a stop, start, had a had a logical start, logical finish, and it all made sense. It carried itself all the way through. This season of Handmaid's Tale was it, it start, you know, it it had had the start and the finish. It just didn't know what it was doing in the middle. And there's times where it dragged, there's times where characters did things that didn't make sense, uh the characters didn't always stick to who they were, and it it kind of made it a tough watch at times, not even for what was on you know what was happening, but just for the overall pacing and of the show. It, I do think some of the characters, like I mentioned, some of the characters do make choices that almost pissed me off because it didn't make sense. <laughs> you know, it's like why, why are you doing this? And then they a lot of the characters wavered back and forth uh, this season as well. It just didn't feel like a fully fleshed out show as the first season did. That being said, though, it's still very watchable. I think, I think it's still a very good show. And if nothing alone for the acting, that's kind of the difference between like 13 reasons why the acting is not good enough to carry the show, uh, Handmaid's Tale very, very much enough to carry the show. So, yeah, I I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything that happens in the show, but, uh, because I think people should watch it. I mean, it, it is – especially the first season, it's an important show to watch. But the second season is enough to keep me going uh, and excited for a third season. I am excited for where the season three it could go uh, depending on what, what they do with the characters. So in terms of a rating – What do we got? I'm kind, kind of thinking going back and forth on this one. See, for first season I would have given probably like a four point four point seven.
1: Oh, that's high.
0: Yeah, uh, four point seven. This 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 season, though, I probably give it closer to like a four point four point two uncomfortable cringes out of five.
1: <laughs> there it is, folks. Four point two uncomfortable cringes out of five. You've been watching some good TV so far this summer. Mm-hmm. I think everything has been above four that we've that
0: we've yeah. had you review. That since I've started reviewing, like I would have given if I would have reviewed like thirteen reasons why. Since I've been brought brought it up, I would give that like a uh, 2.8 for season two
3: okay
0: so definitely not definitely not a completely positive summer but yeah. uh I, I, you know i tend to watch shows that have more praise um when it comes to things that like aren't superheroes and stuff sure. so um I, I do try and pick and choose some of the the stuff that i think will be good so
1: well there you go folks it's a 4.2 uncomfortable cringes out of five for season two of the handmaid's tale have you watched it yourselves if so Hit Seth up at Seth O. Otter at Soko Show Pod. Let him know what you think. Is he a dumbass? Should it be 4.4 uncomfortable cringes out of 5? Or should it be even higher or maybe even lower if you're a hater? Who knows? Um, we're going to talk about it a little more when we get into Emmy nominations, but this has been The Handmaid's Tale Season 2 in the TV Corner.
0: That's in my TV corner.
3: Seth, I want to blow you. Woo!
1: (laughs) So I didn't didn't realize that this was happening until I saw the headline, but Emmy nominations are out. And uh, we're talking, of course, about the 2018 Emmys. Uh, We found out a while back, a couple months ago, that uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live are going to be your hosts. And uh, it looks like September 17th is the big night. So what we're going to do today, we're not making any picks yet, Mm -hmm. uh, mainly because I haven't watched anything. Uh, Well, I probably won't, but... Um, we're not going to make any picks today, but we're just going to scroll through some of the nominations. I'll link uh, down below to the article I'm, I'm scrolling through here and we're just going to scroll through some of the categories and just point out some things, um, that, uh, that we think are significant. Maybe if there's any snubs or anything like that.
0: All right. So yeah, we'll go through some of the categories. I'm going to go through some of the the main categories, ones that I, I, you know, talk about more and then, uh, Cody will kind of wrap things up with some, with some, uh, the other categories that that he thinks are interesting or whatnot. So Um, we'll start off with a, with the best outstanding drama series, um, most outstanding drama series, whatever. It just says drama series on this list. (laughs) Fuck off. So of course talk Handmaid's Tale and this is season two of it because season one was nominated last year. Uh, Game of Thrones, which makes its return back to the Emmys. Uh, this is us, the crown, the Americans, which, uh, is a show that hasn't traditionally been nominated for an Emmy for the show. Uh, just the actors usually. Uh, Stranger Things and Westworld. Uh, out of out of those, I mean, of course, we're not going to make any picks. I've seen uh, all but three, I think. Well, no, one, two, three. Yeah, three. <laughs> um, so I, I watch all those uh, currently. Um, if I were to, I won't make a pick, but I'll say what I'm rooting for. Let's do that. We'll do what we're rooting for. Okay. Um, I think out of the, that list, I would be rooting for. This is us. That's my favorite out of all those. Um, yeah, this is us.
1: I think, um, and I, I don't really watch any of these except for uh, Stranger Things. But I think This Is Us would be. I, I'd like to see This Is Us win.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it would be interesting to see. Um, you know, a lot of them are these premium cable high budget shows that have been winning lately. Last mm-hmm. year, of course, was Handmaid's Tale. Um, it, it. I wouldn't. I'd be fine with it going back to you know sort of the big network. Mm-hmm. Um, hour-long, twenty-episode traditional TV series. I could, I could, I could get with that.
0: Next is best comedy series. Uh, we got Atlanta.
1: This is fucking stacked.
0: Ah! Atlanta, Barry, Black-ish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow, The Marvelous, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Silicon Valley, and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Stacked fucking hat. Like, yeah, it is. I, I, I you I, I I couldn't make a pick on this. <laughs> if I had to right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's a very stacked category. I watch almost all these as well. I am personally rooting for Mrs. Maisel. I fucking love that show so much. Uh, it it is it is such a good show, and it's such good heart to it, and it's hilarious. Uh, show you still need to fucking watch. There's um, a
1: lot on here I need to watch. <laughs> I,
0: Mrs. Maisel is is the first, but uh yeah, I, that that's what I'm rooting for personally. I would love it so much if they won. Because they're kind of an underdog there in that category.
1: For sure. I definitely would like to see, um, you know, Veep was winning this for a while. No Veep this year. But I do like a female-led comedy to win. I mm-hmm. think that'd be nice. Um, for obvious reasons, I, I really like Blackish. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a show that I do watch and I think is an important show and a good one. Um, of course, Atlanta, um, you yeah, that's know, the that thing
0: is I wouldn't be mad if like half of these won. Yeah.
1: Atlanta's going to get all my attention. I really did like uh, Silicon Valley this season. Glow is getting crazy praise this year. So this is, I mean, I don't even know if I can pick just who I would root for. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is an absolutely just, just packed category.
0: So we got lead actor in a drama series. I'll skip limited series just because they're, I hadn't seen any of these and Sinner was snubbed. So fuck you. Uh, lead actor in a drama series, uh, we have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown, of course, for This Is Us, Ed Harris for Westworld, uh, Matthew Rhys for The Americans, like I mentioned, they're always nominated, Milo <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia.
1: you being unable to pronounce that goes back an entire year. Yeah,
0: it's true. Rocky's son for This Is Us. Really, though, his name is not that. His name is fucking Jack Pearson, so suck it. And Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. I watch all of those shows. <laughs> um, I'm personally polling for, this might be a surprise, but Jason Bateman. Um, I thought he was great in Ozark. I'm really happy that someone got nominated for that show. Mm-hmm. And he's nom- a traditionally comedic actor. He's, pr- I think he's been nominated for Arrested Development in comedy before. Um, I think that he definitely deserves a win in this. Do I think he'll win? Probably not. But I would love for him to win this.
1: I guess um, I don't watch any of these, but I I do like Sterling Brown a lot.
0: Actually, I don't watch Americans, I lied.
1: Yeah, you don't watch watch everything, Seth. Jesus, you missed one of these. Suck it! Uh, I like Sterling Brown. Uh, You know, I really liked him in Black Panther. Black Panther was really my introduction to him, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed him in that. I've seen him in a couple things since. Um, I like him a lot. He he was very gracious last year when he won, so I'm definitely in support of him this year.
0: Lead actress in a drama series, Claire Foy for The Crown. Uh Tatiana Maslani for Orphan Black. I think I might have gotten that correct. Uh <laughs> uh Elizabeth Moss, of Course for Handmaid's Tale, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, not a show I'm aware of. Uh Carrie Russell for the Americans. That's like a n no, that's a perennial nomination. Mm-hmm. And Evan Rachel Wood for West World. Uh phew, I think I think the pick there for me is Elizabeth Moss. She is she is just fucking incredible in that show.
1: Yeah, I don't watch any of this. Um, I've heard a lot of buzz for uh, Elizabeth Moss. I saw a little bit of Evan Rachel Wood in Westworld, and Mm -hmm. she is doing...
0: She has to do a lot.
1: She's doing a lot in Westworld, and um, a a lot different, I think, from the first season, um, from what I saw. So um, I do like her. That's really the only exposure I've had to any of these has been that one. So I I guess I'd have to root for her.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Lead actor in a comedy series. Donald Glover for Atlanta. Bill Hader for Barry. Bill Hader Barry. Barry. Uh, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, William H Macy for Shameless, uh, Larry David for C- Curb, you Enthus- C- Curb Your Enthusiasm—that's hard to say—and Ted Danson for The Good Place. Uh, sentimentally, personally, I would love to see Ted Danson win. Mm-hmm. I love his character I in that show. I love him in that show. Yeah, he's great, and uh, that show's great, and it should have been nominated for Best Comedy. Another snub.
1: I'm—I'm uh, I'm actually rooting. I'm rooting for Barry for Bill Hader here. Bill Hader. Um, I think he does a really good job in this. Um, now, I haven't I haven't seen Atlanta season two. Don't fucking don't at me. Um, so I don't know what Donald is, is bringing to that. But uh, I think that Barry gives. It's interesting to me that they call this a comedy because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of drama elements. I think he brings a lot to this,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he does. He's doing drama acting in a comedic show, mm-hmm. and I think that sets him apart a little bit for me. Um, and I again, I don't I don't know how I would pick if I was picking who I thought would win, but I, I do want to see Bill Hader uh, win one, so I, I'm going to root for him.
0: Yeah, I and and so you know I brought up all these shows that are different than like Atlanta, but I mean I've, I've gone a record to say Atlanta is my favorite show right mm-hmm. now, um, and I think that Atlanta had the best season of TV out of anyone this last year. Um, but these picks I'm making are more like sentimental, and honestly, like with Mrs. Maisel, it's such an underdog show. I would love to see it win. I'm not, that's not to say like if Atlanta won, I'd be stoked. I, yeah. I think that, I think that show is amazing. Um, and, and there's nothing else like it out there right now, but there's nothing else like Mrs. Maisel there either. And I think that show is just such an underdog and, and dark horse in these, in this, and this. I would love to see it because you can tell by when they make that show how much as a group they love making it. So for sentimental purposes, that's why I'd rather see those win than like Atlanta. Um, lead actress in a comedy series, Pamela Adelon. Adlon for Better Things, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Alice Allison Janie for Mum, Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie, and Issa Rae for Insecure. I
1: know who you're pulling for. Oh yeah, Rachel
0: Brosnahan all the way. <laughs> she is great. She is She is lovely. What was that?
1: Yeah, they want me to update.
0: Oh, suck it. So yeah, Rachel Brosnahan, I would be ecstatic. She won the Globe for this uh, category as well, Golden Globe, so... I'm definitely rooting for her in this category right now.
3: The
1: only uh the only one I watch out of these is uh Blackish, so Tracy Ellis Ross. I really I really like her in that show. She she's hilarious in it. Um but she also of them as the mom of that show really does bring the heart to that show in a really cool way. So I, I like her a lot. I, again, just because that's the only thing I've seen. She she'd be who I I would I'd be pulling for. And I just really like her as a person. Mm. Um, she's a really really strong feminist and and really a good role model. So anyway, A lot of, those are my, she'd be, she'd be my, uh, that's who I hope wins.
0: So uh, I don't, uh, there's the lead actor and lead actress in a limited series or movie. Um, I haven't, I've only seen like... Lead actor in a limited series, uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniels for Looming Tower. I don't know what his shot is. I would love to see him win because I like that show. But uh, And then Jessica Biel won for The Sinner. Again, I'd love to see her win, but I don't really know enough about this category to go over it. So. Supporting actor in a drama series, uh, Nikolaj Koster-Waldu. Don't know how to say that at all. Game of Thrones. Uh, the Dink, Painter Dinklage uh, for Game of Thrones. Uh, Joseph Finnis, uh, he, uh, he is the commander uh, on Handmaid's Tale. Uh, David Harbour for Stranger Things, Mandy Patinkin again a perennial nomination in this category for Home- Homeland, and Matt Smith, the least exciting name in all in this category <laughs> for The Crown. I'd like to see David Harbour win it. I
1: was gonna give me some David Harbour. Yeah. I really enjoyed his character in Stranger Things this last year. Um, he's doing some different things. He's given a lot more to do in season two, and I just really like him. I think that him his storyline with Eleven in this really, really just warmed my heart up. And uh, yeah, he's who I and I've seen him in other stuff too, more more recently that I've really enjoyed. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would say David Harbour for me.
0: Agreed. Uh, supporting actress in a drama. Uh, this is called the Handmaid's Tale category. <laughs> Alexis Bled- Bledel. Uh, I don't know, Bledel. I don't know. What, I don't remember what character she plays. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things. That's fun to say really fast. <laughs> uh, Anne Dowd for Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Lena Headey for Game of Thrones. Vanessa Kirby for The Crown. Th- uh, Tandy Newton for Westworld and Yvonne Strahovski for The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I personally would love to see Yvonne Strahovski win it. She's been in TV forever mm-hmm. and uh, she deserves some recognition. Uh, she was in comedy for a long time and she's made that transition over to a serious actor. Uh, she plays she plays a really interesting character, especially this season in Handmaid's Tale. She's definitely has more depth to her. Um, would love to see her win. Of course, Ann Dowd won last year. I was really excited for her. Uh, but I, yeah, I definitely want to see Yvonne Strahovski win this year.
1: Yeah, I think um, I would be rooting for her too, mainly because I love her in Chuck,
0: which is one of my favorite <laughs> shows <of> all time.
1: <laughs> 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 her as Sarah in Chuck was whew, I was already a, I was already a man, but when I watched that show, but that was a second sexual awakening <laughs> that I had because she can get it. Jesus. <laughs>
0: moving on (laughs) supporting actor in a comedy series. I am Louie Anderson for baskets. Um, yeah, he's, that's his show. Um,
1: wait, I thought it was Zach Galifianakis show.
0: It is. Uh, I think Louie Anderson writes on it. I'm not sure though. I could be wrong. Um, Alec Baldwin, of course, playing Trump in Saturday night live Titus Burgess, uh, for, uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I just realized that that's his character's name too. (laughs) Titus Andromedon, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy
1: paper boy, in Atlanta. To get that paper boy. Uh,
0: Tony Shaloub, who's been nominated for Emmys for fucking years. Uh, this time though, for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Keenan Thompson, uh, first time in 14 years being nominated for Saturday Night Live, and Henry Henry Winkler who probably hasn't been nominated since uh, happy days. A <laughs> for Barry. That's who I'm that's who I would like Give me to see. Henry Winkler. Yeah. I
1: fucking love him in Barry. Yeah, he's, he's hysterical. Great.
0: And it'd be great just to kind of give him one, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I know a lot of people say just give Keenan one. I think Henry Winkler deserves, deserves it way more uh, than Keenan does. If, if you're
1: going to just give Keenan one, don't make it this season. I yeah. thought that he he wasn't very present in this season. He's he been I've enjoyed yeah. him way more in other seasons of SNL.
0: Yeah, I, and honestly, I mean, I like Keenan a lot. I really do, but and it's good that he's getting some recognition, but um, he—I I don't think he'll ever win one if he, you know. But it's, TV is just so good mm-hmm. right now that it, it's going to be possible, like, especially with SNL, just kind of, you know, a lot of people thought it kind of dipped in quality this year a bit from last season when it was riding so high. So, I, uh, yeah, it's too stacked.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Supporting actress in a comedy, uh, boop a zazzy beats for Elena. Uh, Alex Borstein for Mar- Marvelous Maisel, AD Bryant for Saturday Night Live, Betty Giplin for Glow, Leslie Jones for Saturday Night Live, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Laurie Metcalf for Ro- Roseanne, and Megan Mullally for Will & Grace.
1: Uh, listeners of the show will remember that I fucking love Laurie Metcalf
3: <laughs>
1: so, so, so much. Uh, and even though I don't really want to give support to that show, uh, give me all the Laurie Metcalf. I don't even watch it, but give her a fucking Emmy.
0: It's weird. It's a hard one. Cause like Zazie Beetz was good in the seat in, in Atlanta, but she wasn't in a ton of it. Um, I think if you're giving it just based off of like the overall work of the show, I would actually give it more to Betty Gip- Gilpin. I said it wrong earlier. Betty Gilpin. Uh, she plays Liberty Bell. She's really almost a lead actress in that show. Uh, which brings me back to uh, the lead actress category for our drama. Allison Brie again was snubbed this year for that. So suck it, Emmy. Um, you guys suck.
1: Uh, is this Glow season one? No, or it's, two? it's season two. It's two that's eligible. Yeah. Are you sure? Because it just came out.
0: Uh, I don't know. I and think it they is may cause... be
1: talking season. one. Well, would it make a difference to you if it was if you knew it was season one instead of season two?
0: I think it. I think it is season two. I think they were nominated last year. I think she was nominated last year. I can't remember exactly. I think it's season two though, because Betty, Betty Gilpin's character is not in it. She's in it a lot in season one, but I think she has she's more important to season two. Sure.
3: Okay.
0: Um I think I think I'd I'd pull for her more. But I would I would love to see Zazzy beats one too. I think that they have, that's really the main the main categories that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. What do you got for some uh some yeah, interesting so little tidbits? There bits are a few tid.
1: there are a few more things that I wanted to point out. One, uh Chance the Rapper. Has a nomination um, because of his song Comeback Barack" that was on Saturday Night Live.
0: Wait, so what is What's he do? What's his profession?
1: Um, he's actually a carpenter.
0: He's a carpenter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does he rap exactly? Like gifts.
1: He wraps the wood that he has to take to his okay. job sites. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. Uh, Chance, Chance the Rapper has a nomination. Very excited about um, uh, American Vandal, which has mm. a which has an episode nominated, um, as well as. Uh, maybe my favorite nomination of this entire thing is in the, there's a category, I didn't know this before, there's a com, There's a category for commercials, <laughs> and our favorite Super Bowl ad, Tide Ads, <laughs> got nominated for an Emmy, which <laughs> it, it has to win, I've never seen a better commercial. Those
0: are so, yeah, because well, like. It got to a point, so like the first couple came off, and we're like, "Oh, these are hilarious!" And then we were just like waiting. Is this another tie-dad? <laughs> it was great. They were funny
1: every time. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, so those couple things, those are a little more uh, a little more obscure, but those are some of the things that stuck out to me. And then um, also, um, in the in the category of limited series, and we won't do the whole thing with these, um, but in actors in a limited series, Darren Chris is nominated for his role in The um, the Assassination of Gianni Versace. Hmm. Darren Chris, if you don't know, uh, I think got his big break on Glee. Okay. After having been on, you know, the Very Potter musical? Um, it's like, Snoop, Snoop, Severus. Snoop, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, so, you said,
0: I, thought, I thought you said Very Potter musical. Oh, no, no,
1: no. no. Um, not, no. Uh, very Potter musical. Uh, Darren Chris was in that and sort of got discovered and then put on Glee and so i know him mostly from glee he's been in some other things since then um but i think this is probably his biggest role yet and it's very good to see him get a nomination um very excited to see a guy like him uh you know finding some success um he's in a he's in a pretty stacked category one of the other uh nominees is someone who we laughed our heads off at in the movie game night jesse plemons
3: yeah
1: (laughs) is nominated for a a black mirror episode that i think is oh go ahead I think his Black Mirror episode The USS Callister one of the best one of my favorite episodes of Black Mirror that they've had yet.
0: Yeah, and he's a really good serious actor too. He he kind of was uh got his break on Breaking Bad. Uh mm. I didn't mean to do that, but it worked. Um <laughs> he played a really creepy ass fucking character in that show and then now he's he's transitioned to some comedy roles too and he's he's just a really good actor. He's he's really good at kind of transitioning throughout. So um yeah, that's cool that he got nominated.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, the sinner potentially a snub for you in the limited series category, but yes. Jessica Biel was nominated as a lead actress in that show. Is Bill that Bill
0: Pullman got snubbed too from that?
1: Yeah, Bill Pullman maybe a snub. Um, is it enough for you that Jessica Biel got nominated, or you still think that it's bullshit and they should have gotten more?
0: They should have gotten more. I, that show should have been nominated for a limited series for sure, um, as a whole. Um, as did I think probably Looming Tower, maybe I don't think that's that could that could have been on the fringe, but I think Center, for sure should have been a, a nomination.
1: Um, and then the last one I'll uh, the last one I'll mention is um, Outstanding Variety Talk Series, which I always just kind of am interested in um, each year. So these are the the late nights sh- and the talk shows of the world. Um, So here you have The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, uh, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, Jimmy Kimmel, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Um, Noticeably missing for the second straight year is Jimmy Fallon. And I think that um, last year when we talked about this, I was not surprised. I think Fallon has found sort of a groove that he's in that's fine. Mm -hmm. And he's not doing, not really innovating or doing anything too crazy. What I do notice, there's a lot of politically charged shit in here. (laughs) Yeah. And... You know, some people are turned off by that, but that has become, you know, the Variety Talk series has become political commentary. That's Mm -hmm. what it is now. And all of these shows are proof of that. Last year, John Oliver got this one. Um, You know, we'll see how it goes this year. But, um, you know, I think it's a time where that's what's important to people and that's what they want to hear about. And it's it's an impressive job to make that funny. And uh, I think all these shows do it very well. So th- those are, you know, that's a category I'll have an eye on maybe more than, than some folks. But mm-hmm. I would encourage people, go look at the big list of every single Emmy category. There's some categories in there that you would never expect. And there's some people that are nominated for shit that you would never expect to see win an Emmy. It's kind of hilarious. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how I found the tight ads. I went in the big master thing. <laughs> there's a bunch of the fucking awards that you never would see on TV. So go take a look at those. I'll try to link to to that as well in the description below but make sure you go uh go check out the nominations for yourself let us know what do you what do you think of the nominations what was snubbed did the center deserve not to be nominated fuck you seth um, hit us up on twitter uh all three <laughs> of us uh at underscore cody michael at seth o and at Soko show pod um and maybe throw a hashtag emmys in there or something um along those lines so we know what you're talking about that's going to do it for this episode we went a little long today a lot to talk about um, and I'm sure there will be a lot more to talk about next week. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is you may be listening. And also go check out YouTube
0: at Jared Buckendall,
1: where you can find all episodes of The Ride Home, all episodes of the podcast, including the video podcast we did last week for episode 52. Um, thank you to the folks who took the time to check that out. Um, we've had some some positive responses to that. So thank you so much for, for taking that time um, and enjoying that uh, that video version of the show. There'll um, be
0: a video accompanying this episode as well, but it's just going to be, there'll be the audio playing of this, but then video of just me eating oatmeal. So get ready for that. Ooh,
1: look forward to that. That's going to yeah. break the internet. Yeah. Um, did just I like say? Ralph. <laughs> don't forget to uh, uh, subscribe everywhere I think I said that uh, Twitter handles are out there uh, a- Any way you want to contact us or wherever it is you want to subscribe you can find all that in the description box down below also don't forget audibletrial.com slash soco you can get over there and get 30 days and your first audiobook for free It's free and it's been a good it's been a, going back to the YouTube channel it's been it's been an interesting summer. Um, and we're going to talk about that in in a, in a couple shows, I think, um, with, with Jared, um, but, uh, oh yeah. At Jared Buckendall. But if you're wondering, you know, should I go see this summer movie? Should I go, um, you know, maybe it's a Sunday afternoon. Should I, what movie should I go see? I got some time to kill at the movie theater. Make sure you're checking out Jared's reviews. He does a really good job of suggesting whether or not you should go to some of these movies. And it's been kind of a hit and miss summer. So, um, you may be thankful for the extra bit of information before you pull the trigger, um on a movie ticket so make sure you're checking out those um i saw just yeah. recently he put up a trailer review or a trailer reaction to the bohemian rhapsody trailer that we yep. talked about today so make sure you're checking that out as well dude's doing overtime over there so make, it, yeah, make sure you're checking out the channel
0: so uh he's quickly approaching 650 subscribers currently at 645 so improving the subscriber a count big
1: jump he just ran yeah. over 600 uh, a couple weeks ago yeah so uh, big shouts out to jared for for increasing the subscriber base um, congrats on that stuff. Get also, ready,
0: get ready for my video of, uh, eating oatmeal, uh, that'll, that'll improve the subscriber count by, yeah. uh, probably twofold. You're um, welcome. You're welcome, if, Jared. If you can get over, a th- if we can get the number over a thousand subscribers, I will eat oatmeal shirtless.
1: There you have it here, folks. <laughs> I have recorded this. This isn't, this was not planned. He just came up with this. If we get Jared to a thousand subscribers, there will be a video of Seth shirtless eating oatmeal posted <laughs> To the YouTube channel. At
3: Jared Buckendall. This
1: is serious shit, people. We need to get the word out. This is important. The world needs to see this. Okay? So let's make it happen. One last shout out before we end the show, of course. Thank you uh, to Steph Mathis for her artwork on uh, the the channel rebrand. So um, if you want to check out some really cool Etsy things that she's doing, uh, check out the link down below for her store. That's going to do it for episode 53. We will, of course, be back next week with episode 54. This has been Raisin Balls, as well as (laughs) Seth Odd, (laughs) and we will see you next
2: week.